0: As we continue um, in our series um, with the event of Christmas, we're continuing to speak about the days that led up to the birth of our Savior. And I've been ministering on um, the work that God had done in and through Mary. We're going to continue with that work. We're going to continue with that this morning. But one of the things that as we talk about Advent, we talk about Christmas and preparation for Christmas, um, we often sometimes hear that Christmas can be a time where sometimes people get negative or people get say things that are not maybe too kind because they're always in a, they're in a rush or they're buying a store or people are hustling and bustling and going about doing different things. And whereas Christmas should be a time where we speak life. And some of us may have heard that saying before, but it's true, speaking life. In other words, you speak the truth about what God says. Not only just during the Christmas season, but as we're going to find out at all times. As we uh, look at this passage, Elizabeth speaks life of Mary. Mary speaks of life in worship of her God. And then Mary speaks of life and worship and her God in in relation to God's people. So what we say matters, as we're going to find out, because what our speech says and how we carry ourselves has much weight and affects people in ways that we can't even imagine. So that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're looking at three specific points. Uh, Elizabeth speaks of Mary. Mary worships. And Mary proclaims what God has done. And this specific point, uh, Elizabeth speaks of Mary. Elizabeth, through the Spirit of God, acknowledges what is true about Mary and the work of God in her. And we're going to be looking at verses... 39 through 45 in this passage in this portion here. We had just found out that Mary did what? Mary had found out from the angel that she was going to bear the Son of God. And so she was now pregnant through the Holy Spirit, the Immaculate Conception, with our Savior. And where does she go? She goes to her cousin, who is already six months pregnant with another miraculous, not immaculate, but another miraculous birth in John the Baptist, who would be born. And she She goes and visits with Mary. And so there's a comfort there. Because remember, Mary officially is unwed at this point, so socially she would have been looked down as, what, an outcast by her culture because it's because even though she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit people outside, in their culture, if someone was pregnant outside of marriage then they would have been there was a a statue in the Jewish law where they could have been stoned to death where they could have been ostracized, in other words can't be cast away. We look at another passage where Joseph was told by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, of course, that the, um, that he, that Mary was pregnant through what? through the Holy Spirit, and so he took her as his wife after Mary returned. But the point is, is that Mary sought solace with her cousin, and time together with her to be with her. And what's one of the first things that happens here? What does Elizabeth happen? What happens with this little baby? The baby is not Elizabeth. What does he do? He leaps for joy. And who is it? That's John the Baptist. But that was, and this is something that we have to understand, in the spirit realm, that was the Spirit of God in John the Baptist while he was in utero, while he was in uh, Elizabeth's womb, was rejoicing and worshiping in the Spirit. And Mary, full of the Holy Spirit, Mary, Elizabeth, full of the Holy Spirit, proclaims what is true about who? About Mary and about Jesus. Jesus. Thus, my first point is that God wants us through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, correct? If we're <coughs> truly born again and, we, and, we're, and we're truly uh, of Him and know Him, the Holy Spirit fills us and is in us and speaks to us, does He not? He does. We may not say, well, I don't hear him. Well, he does speak to us. We just have to hear him. But what happened is, is that we have to hear what God is saying, what, about other people. And what was Elizabeth hearing and feeling and sensing about Mary? She was sensing a couple things. We'll get into that in a moment. But she was sensing things from God that were true and that she spoke those things to Mary same thing with us when we sense that God is speaking to us about someone else then we need to speak the truth in the spirit of God and speak what is true that's what's called speaking life Because what did God came to do? I came that they might have life, and have what? Have it more abundantly, didn't he? So when we speak life, true life, of what God has said, of what God says about others, we need to be able to speak it. Because what happens when we speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit? What happens when we speak life to other people? What does that do to them? Because it's not us speaking, is it? It's God speaking through who? Through us. His people. And so he calls us to be able to speak life to people. Because when we speak life to people, what does it do? It gives life to people, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does. You speak death to people when you speak negative things to people. When you And when you have negativity on your tongue which is not of the Lord, the the Bible says speak the truth in love. Sometimes we need to speak hard things to people, difficult things to people, but we speak the truth in love. But when we're speaking, we need to speak of God, of what God says to people. Because what God has to say to people, he wants to bring life to other people. Okay? And he wants to bring truth to other people. And that's what we need to do, is that we need to speak life to people. There's a song, I, I love contemporary Christian music, some of you may not know, but there's a gentleman by the name of Toby Mack. And one of his songs that he spoke, sang, was Speak Life. And when we speak life, it brings life to people. It brings life to others. Um, and, here, and here's what, and listen to what, um, listen, listen to what Elizabeth, what God told Elizabeth to say. And how it happened to me that the mother of my Lord, now that mother of my Lord, in other words, Elizabeth recognized what? That in Mary's womb was the Lord, the Messiah. And that perhaps, I don't know if she recognized that he was God, but perhaps she did. And she she recognized the mother of my Lord, the Messiah. So that's the first point that she spoke life, and she spoke the mother of my Lord. In other words, Mary had the privilege of carrying the Messiah in her; that she was carrying life in her. The the promise, the Messiah would would one day bring life to whom? <laughs> to all the world. And Jesus came that I might I might bring life and bring it more abundantly and they might have life and have more abundantly. And who was that for? That wasn't just for anybody. It was for the whole world, for those who would choose to receive it. And then secondly, it says, and, uh, verse 45, it says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So number one, Elizabeth spoke that Mary was... The mother of her Lord, who, is, of course, Jesus, the Messiah. But number two is, is that she said that she was blessed because she believed what God had spoken. She she was blessed because Mary believed what God had spoken to her through the angel would come to pass. So she spoke two things: that she would be the mother of the Messiah, and number two, she she, she believed what what God has spoken to her to, spoken to Mary that she would be that she would, what God has said to her would happen. Unlike Zachariah Zachariah who was Elizabeth's husband didn't believe God. he questioned God but Mary believed God so Elizabeth spoke the truth under the anointing of the spirit she spoke that Jesus would give birth she, she would she was pregnant. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And number two is that she believed God. What a wonderful thing. And that's what God calls us to do. When we sense, again, when we sense God speaking to us, we need to speak those things that are true, that he showed us. And those are just two specific examples of what Elizabeth did for Mary. Okay? So, but Mary, this is an important point. Just getting back to Mary, and like I was speaking, I was speaking speaking about last week. Mary believed God for what He said, and faith is so important when we walk as Christians and, and believers, as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is really important. When God speaks to us, we need to believe Him, no matter how impossible it is, no matter how seemingly difficult or challenging or unbelievable it is, we need to believe God against all odds and against all obstacles. And Mary being a young 16 year or t- young teenage girl believed God in spite of all the impossibility, in spite of what everything and all her circumstances would tell her not to believe, she believed in spite of. And that's, I think, the same thing for us is that we need to believe in spite of what we see. In spite of what our circumstances tell us. Because that's what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The, fi- the fi- Evidence of things hoped for. Uh, faith of, oh excuse me. But The evidence of things hoped for. God has spoken to us. God has spoken to us and we need to believe what he said just like Mary did. Number two, let's go to our second point. Mary worships God for the work he has done in and through her. Because God had done the work in Mary, and Elizabeth, look at the results of what God is doing through Mary, but look at the results of Elizabeth speaking life to Mary. What does Mary immediately do? As a result of Elizabeth? of what God has been doing in her, but also as a result of what Elizabeth has said and spoke. What does she do? What's the first thing that Mary does? She what? She worships God. What was one of the things that David often did? He was known as the great psalmist, the songwriter. What was one of the great things? He wrote songs and he worshiped God. He believed God and he worshipped God. He was a great worshiper. Worshiper. Sometimes we don't. We think of worship as just singing hymns on Sunday morning and um, singing worship songs. It's more than just singing songs, folks. It's more than just singing hymns. It is. You can sing a song anytime. But worship genuinely comes from your heart where you are exuberant over who God is and what he has done. And you, out of the depths of your soul, of your being, you exalt praise and honor and glory and adoration to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's what Mary was doing. She just wasn't singing a song. She was genuinely worshiping God. And that's so important that we understand that. As we, in, the, in our Sunday morning worship. Not just in Sunday morning, folks. It's just not, worship is just not for Sunday morning. It's not. For one hour or 45 minutes, however long the service is. It's not. It's any time that God puts that in our hearts, in our souls. You can worship in your car on the way to work, or you can worship in your kitchen while you're cooking, or you can worship worship God while you're in the shower or doing whatever in life. But when God, the Spirit of God, is in you, at that moment, God and calls us to worship. We can worship, and well, I don't know how. You just say, "Thank you, Lord. That's worship." I think God, I praise you for giving. Me life and for providing for my need, for giving me health, give me a sound mind, give me a healthy body, give me hope when it doesn't seem to be hope. Providing for my needs, providing for everything that I have, God, giving me life, God. And you can get down, and you get a whole litany, a whole list of things that you can, you have, you can worship God for at any moment. It doesn't have to be a formal thing on Sunday morning, but you thank Him. But look, look at what Mary. But let's look at what Mary. How Mary responds. My soul exalts the Lord. It's a, like I lift Him up. You ever see the watch the Eagles game? People, you know, when they're doing well, people are just like, "Yay, Eagles! E A G L E S, Eagles!" Eagles! What are they doing there? Who are they worshiping? E-A-G-L-E-S. A team. And depending on how they're doing, you do that. Or when you're at a, a Phillies game, or when somebody gets a home run, yay! Right? Do that for Jesus? He does home runs for us all the time, doesn't he? He does. He does. So we can worship God at any moment and just thank him. Not just for our meals at meal times, but thank him while we're walking down the street. Say, God, thank you for the, the like in the springtime. Thank you for the beautiful flowers. At this time of the year, well they're gone now, but the, the beautiful color of the leaves. God I worship you for that. It's creation, it says, it's. His creation worships Him. All creation worships Him. If they worship Him, so should we. My soul exalts in the Lord, and my spirit, in other words, the spirit that God has created in us, that God has put in us, rejoices in God my Savior. She rejoices in who? In our circumstances, or in God her Savior? She rejoices in God and what he has done. So worship comes out of a a heart of rejoicing, of joy, and of peace, and of all that's in us to be able to worship God. And we enter in and give him the glory and the honor and the adoration that is due his name. That's what Christmas is about. That's what speaking life is about. That's what Elizabeth did. When she spoke life to Mary, she was offering life to Mary, and then Mary responds in what in worship to who? Into God. You want to change your world, folks. You want to say, well, some you know, Christmas this time of the year is the hardest time for people because there's a lot of depression going on this time of the year. Sometimes people take their lives this time of the year because I'm sorry, it's it's difficult, but. We know Jesus. And we have Jesus in our souls. He can bring the joy that we need. And he can, he can bring the joy that we can offer to other people during this time. When we speak and we're able to speak like and somebody who needs that word of encouragement, somebody who needs that time, that, that timely word, that word Of saying, yeah, thank you. To help them get through whatever they're getting through during this time, during this season. And not only this season, but at all times. Being able to speak life and be able to speak it, the life of Jesus who gives life. And make a difference in that person's life. And then what happens when you make a difference in that person's life? And then they're able to worship what? Do worship God. And we're able to worship God. So it's an important aspect to be able to do. And listen to this. 48. For he has regard for the humble state of his bondservant. For behold, this time and all generations will count be blessed. Mary worships God because why? Because she remembers what? She remembers that God has regard for me. If anything that we need to remember is that God has been good to us all the time, hasn't he? He has. My family and I have been through a difficult, difficult, difficult time this year. But God has still been good to us in the midst of it. He has. We've been through difficult, all of us at some point in our lives have been through some difficult, difficult circumstances. But God has still been good to us, hasn't He? He has. In the midst of it, He has. And we need to rejoice in Him because He's been good to us. He is good in His character. Listen to what Mary says. For the Lord has been good to us. Goodness is a part of God's character. God is good. That's a part of who He is. He cannot cease to be good. He's not bad. He is good, and as a part of His character, He's going to display that character to His people. So God is. Mary's just speaking what is true. She's speaking life about what, who God is. Elizabeth spoke true of what. Life of what, what, of, of what, of life for Mary. And now Mary responding and speaking truth about what is life, what is true about who? About God. God is good, isn't he? He's good all the time. And he's been good to us. He's been good to us, folks. And we need to worship him for that. He's been good to us over the years. I've been saved for almost 40 plus years. I've been through some rough times and difficult times. But through all of that, through all of that, God has been good every step of the way. He's never not ceased to be good. Because if he ever stopped ceasing to be good, he would cease to be God, and that is impossible. Because God cannot cease to be who he is in his character. He can't. And God has been good to us as his children. God's been good to John Williams. He's been good. And put your name in there. He's been good to each one of us. He has been. And for all that, we need to be able to worship Him in the midst of that. We do. He has been good. And He will never stop not being good. Never, because it's impossible, folks. I've been through seminary, and I know... And, I, and, I, and my life and my walk with God and God cannot cease to be who he is he would, that's a, that spiritually and it's spiritually impossible for God to not be good or not to be any of the characteristics of who he is as a person, the person of God of his characters and so I know it's hard to wrap your mind theologically around those things but when you think about it, because God, God cannot cease to be, God cannot go against who his character says he is. It's just, theologically, it's impossible. Okay, let's go on here. Mary says, "For he, he has regard for the humble state of bonds, from this time all generations will call me blessed. And Mary's thinking, well, now God's now all generations are going to call me blessed, she's just counting off the list of the things that God has done for her as a person. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. I love that hymn. And we know that hymn by heart, a lot of us. And it's true, because when we count the blessings of God, of what He has done in our lives, of the goodness of the things that He's done for us, That leads us to what? That leads us to what? Worship of Him. Speaking life of God. For the Mighty One. Again, this is another characteristic of God. God who? God Almighty. God All-Powerful. The Mighty One. Will God stop ever being mighty? No, He will not. I was just reading an article yesterday, I love these things about like creation and, and the astronomy. They discovered another black hole, the biggest one they've ever found, and it's like 400 billion times the mass of the Sun. Think about that. 400 billion times the mass of the Sun. Or 2.5% the size of the Milky Way. That means the galaxy. This black hole is 2.5% the size of the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is huge. And God spoke that in existence in one day. He spoke it and it came to life. God Almighty. Is God powerful? Can He fix the problems in our lives? Him who spoke... The universe into existence, or the stars, into existence. 400 billion billion stars, that means suns, into existence in a moment of time. Can he, is he not almighty? Should we not worship him for that? Should we not worship God for what he has done for us? My God, my God almighty. In my life, if God is for us, who should be against us? Right? Think about that. God Almighty, who is your backup? So, when someone is coming up to you and you talk about you talk about someone who's trying to intimidate you, and they come up to you and they start s- s- speaking trash to you, and sometimes you get scared, you get intimidated, the enemy tries to deal that to us. All you have to do is just point to your back. Because what you're going to see is who? God. Who has our what? Who has our back what? At all times, doesn't He? He sure does. So all you have to do is just, you want, you want to mess with me? You're going to have to mess with Him first. That's God Almighty. That's the God in our lives. That's the God whom we serve. That's the God who fights our battles. He always has been fighting our vows, hasn't he? He always will fight our battles, won't he? Yes, he will. He will, folks. He's been good. He's God Almighty. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And here's another characteristic of God. Holy. And holy is his name. Holy means special and set apart. There is none holy like the Lord. Holy means it's just not a song. It's special, set apart. It's that that awe and that presence. Like you can't come into that presence. Like I can't. Like like God's whole, Like Moses couldn't see the glory of God. God had upon it, put him behind a rock, and he kind of like put the like his hand over the rock, and kind of like peeked out and saw the glory of God. And Moses had that. If you read, you know, in Exodus and and the, and, the, and, the, and in the Old Testament. You see that Moses always has that bronze face. The people couldn't look at Moses because he saw the glory of God, the holiness of God. God's holy, he's special, but that's who he is to us. So we see that God's been good, that God's almighty, that God's holy. And these are just some of the, 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 the few characteristics of who God is. And Mary rejoices and speaks life about whom? About God. She worships God for who he is, for what he has done. He's been good, for, for his mighty power, for his holy nature. He's been good. And Mary worships God, and that's holy, holy, holy. We worship God. When you look at the book of Revelation. What do the angels do, the cherubim, the seraphim? If you read those books in Revelation, go read Revelation. See what they do. They bow down and do, do what? They cry out what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. They worship God continually for who he is. And that's what Mary does. She worships God. So should we. She speaks life about God. And then lastly, let's look at our last point. And Mary proclaims what God has done. Mary proclaimed what God, who God is. But Mary proclaimed who, what God has done. Mary worships include acknowledging and exclaiming what God has done in the lives of his people. He alone deserves all the credit and count your blessings. So we see that Mary exalts and worships God for what he has done and who he is in her life. And now Mary worships and acknowledges God for what he has done and is doing in the lives of whom? Of God's people. Because it's just not about us, is it, folks? Is it? It isn't. It's about others and his people as well. Because that's what God just didn't come just to save me. He came to save what? We know this Bible verse, John 3.16 For God so loved who? The world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should follow him shall have eternal life. Believe in him, shall have eternal life. So, it's not just for us. Mary acknowledges, yes, the blessings and who God is in our lives for us, I mean, for herself, but she also acknowledges it for whom? For the world. Because what did God do? God, She was bearing a child that would save not only her, But who? The whole world. And so she acknowledges that. Because God... God loves people, doesn't He? He loves people. That's why He came and sent His Son, gave the ultimate sacrifice, giving of His Son so that others could be, what? Saved. So His people could have a promise. Well, let's look at here. It says... His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear. And thus the title of my message, In Remembrance of His Mercy. Worship comes from as we remember what? What God has done. Not only for us, but for others. In remembrance of His mercy. I should have been been burnt toast. A long time ago. But what did he do to me? He showed me mercy. Us, we should have been burnt toast a long time ago. But what did he do? He showed us what? Mercy, didn't he? He showed us mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And how did he show us mercy? By sending his son Jesus and forgiving us. I don't deserve it. I'm a stinking sinner. We're born in sin, folks. That's what the Bible says. You are. God shows mercy. I didn't have anything I could offer God. I'm nothing special. God didn't need me, but he wanted me. God didn't need us, but he wanted us. Right? And it was because of love. Not because of what we've done because he chose us because of his love for us as his people. And that's how we need to look at not only our own lives, but that's how we have to need to look at other people. Because it, our lives just don't matter about us, personally. Yes, we have our own struggles, we have our own thing, but we need to be concerned also about others and what God has done. Thank worship God for what he's done in our lives, but worship God for what he is doing in the lives of other people. Right? He's showing he showed mercy. Again, she goes into the characteristics of God. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. God's done mighty deeds with his arm. What that's talking about is it's just, it's not the literal sense that God did his arm and he moved that. That's not what he's saying, but she using that as an illustration of God using the might and his power, exercising his might and his power in the lives of his people. And how did he do that? By redeeming his people. By getting rid of the enemies. By getting rid of the enemies of God. How many of us would like I would like to see where the enemy meaning Satan, meaning the devil would be destroyed? I would. I hate what he does. But God has said, he's already when Jesus rose from the grave what did he do? He conquered sin and what? Death? And he took away the keys of death from whom? From Satan. So the power of the enemy has been broken. The mighty arm of God has done what? Has been broken. God's my mighty arm has broken the chain of who? The enemy in the lives of whom? Of his people. And has given the people his victory, hasn't he? So, the mighty arm of God saying, God, thank you for giving us the victory. God, thank you for giving us the victory over our sin. How many of us have problems overcoming sin in our lives? I do. I do have problems. But you know what? What God was telling me, he said, I've given you the victory. I've given your people the victory. Thanking God for that. We don't have to be slaves to our sin anymore in our lives. We don't. Our anger, the gossip, the the frustrating attitudes that we get with people. God's given us a victory over those things through the power of His blood of His Son who's forgiven us. We don't have to be slaves anymore to that victorious. And that's what Mary is saying. God is giving victory over, my, over these things. His mighty arm to his people. And it says um, he scattered the proud and the thoughts in her heart and he brought down rulers from their thrones. He's exalted those who are humble. God recognizes those who are humble. Those who understand who God is. It says, he is filled hungry with good things. Does God remember the lowly? What do you mean by the lowly? The well, lowly means those who are humble. God recognizes the humble. The lowly means those maybe who don't have a lot. Those who maybe don't have, a, maybe not necessarily material things, but maybe don't have a lot in talents. Maybe don't have a lot. Uh, materially. Maybe don't have a lot of things to offer. We often look at those, overlook those things. The people overlook those things, don't they? Because people, maybe they don't, he doesn't have that three-piece suit, doesn't have that flashy tie, he doesn't have that, that nice watch or that jewelry, and he doesn't, his hair is not the perfect thing. Well, they don't have the latest um, fashion clothes on or they don't drive the nicest car or they don't live in the nicest home or the nicest neighborhood and, we and, and sometimes we look down on folks like that. Was it because of anything of their doing? No, not, maybe not necessarily. We don't know. But what God wants saying here is that God looks on folks. Not on the outward appearance but even if they don't have any means He looks at them because He looks at what? Their soul. He looks at them as people. He looks at the lowly. He's aware of those who are suffering. He's aware of those who are going through things. He's aware of that. And Mary worships God for that. And so should we. We should be able to be aware of those who are in need. Those who are suffering. Those who are going through trials. Those, especially during this, well, not only just especially during this time, but all the time. I was going to say, especially during this time of season. But all the time. And that's so important. Mary worships God because God's aware of who? The lowly, isn't he? He hasn't forgotten them, has he? No, he's not. He's aware of them. And Mary worships God. He sent the rich empty-handed. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with that. But those who trust in their wealth as their, their salvation that God sends away empty-handed. There's nothing wrong with having wealth but sometimes people look at their wealth as something, as their God. And that's who he's talking about. They look at people who are wealthy who look at their wealth as their protection, as their salvation, as their means of getting along in this life. Rather than knowing that they can be rich, but be rich in the things of God. You can have wealth here, but you can also have wealth in the things of God. And knowing that's where your wealth is. Because there's many, some of your, your your most great philanthropists in this country and in this world are Christians who give millions and, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for the work of God. Nothing wrong with it. But he's talking about those whose hope is in the things that they have and not in. God Himself. He has given help to Israel, His servant, in remembrance of His mercy. Again, He's given help to His people, hasn't He? In remembrance of what He has done, in remembrance of His mercy. God remembers to have mercy upon His people. Let's worship Him for that. Let's worship Him uh, for all He has done for His people. He saved us from the power of the enemy. He exercised his strong arm. He remembers the lowly when we were in our lowliest state. He has shown his power. He's remembered to show us mercy. And he spoke to our fathers and Abraham and his descendants forever. And this is our last point. What does that mean? He spoke to our father Abraham. What did God speak to Abraham? You look at Genesis chapter 16. What did he promise him? I want you to go go ahead and read that. God made a covenant with Abraham. That he would be the father of what? Of a great nation. Does God go back in his word? Does he ever go back in his word? Does he, does he go back on what he says? He said, is God, does God's promises ever fail to come to pass? I'm asking a lot of these rhetorical questions. Because we already know the answer. But I want us to think that all these answers are no. Because in reality, God will never go against his promise. What he made a promise to Abraham was that he was going to be the father of many nations, and through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And through him, also, that what? The Messiah would come. God was fulfilling his promise. God always fulfills His promise to what? His people, doesn't He? He does. And God will never stop fulfilling His promises to His people. So we need to worship Him. Number one, we need to speak life to people. And we speak life, and as we speak life to people, of what is true about them in the Spirit of God, as we speak in the Spirit of God, we speak of what's life to other people as Elizabeth did of what she and Mary, so we should as well. As Mary worshipped God for what he has done in her life and who he is, so should we worship God for what he has done in our lives and for who he is. And number three, as Mary worshipped God for what he has done for his he exercises mighty arms he's shown mercy he remembers the lowly and he remembers to keep his promises for his people and so should we for God so let's worship God we have much to worship God during this Christmas season and, and, and as we do, what's going to happen? We're going to encourage others. And we're going to lift that sometimes dark spirit, that dark cloud. That can hang over other people, right? You worship God in your life, people are going to see Jesus in you. And they're going to be lifted up as well. Amen?